Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Like button, subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated. Let's get to it. <laughs> Another. It's the Cardiac Commanders here. A 17-16 win over the Colts. Last second, dramatic fashion. I'm here with the voice of the Commanders, Bram Weinstein, to recap the third straight win. Bram. First of all, as a play-by-play guy, how, how was your voice at the end? How do you handle that? It was fun. That was a really fun one. Sorry about the framing, bad lighting. You're catching me on three beers after the game, John. So uh, right. <laughs> careful careful with what you ask this evening. Oh, I don't uh, know. Maybe. Yeah, we had a celebratory dinner after the game tonight. Everybody was kind of juiced up afterwards. Uh, it was a blast. Um, there's kind of nothing like it when you come back in the two-minute drill like that, especially when the offense hadn't really done much. Um, so it was a bit of a surprise, honestly. And, um, man, Terry McLaurin, he's a superhero, huh? Yeah, we're going to get to him. And But it's funny because in the locker room, I told Taylor Heineke, I'm like, you know, maybe you should just throw a, a pick on the first play of the game because you'll probably then throw for like 400 yards because that's two games in a row. He's done this a lot in his career. And this is one thing I've always admired about him is that he throws a pick. It was a bad throw. You have Gibson open in the flat. Just take the take the layup there, and that's that's what the Colts give you all the time. So he forced it, pays for it, fine. Comes back with a field goal drive and a touchdown drive in dramatic yeah. fashion. But we'll get to more of that in a minute because we got to start with McLaurin. And this kid has certainly, I don't like. We talked about this last last week where I talked about with Nikki after the game. And just like his ability, or maybe was that? No, it was with you after the game. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, it was you. Sorry about that. But we talked about McClone after that, after that third down play, the way he attacked it and how he had to work on that in his career. And then he goes and makes a play like this. And it's the same thing. This is something he worked on. This is why that guy earned the contract he did. It's not because he makes that catch. It's because he worked to put himself in position to make that play. And then he goes and does it. And he's got such humility. And he's always talking about how how he said even after the game, I'm I'm I can just pinch myself the fact that I'm standing here talking about this, that I'm the guy they're trusting. Yeah. And it's just like it, you run out of words to describe this guy, but he's he, you know, it's funny, Bram, because he may never make an all-pro team or anything like that. I don't know, but he's a special guy here. Well, I mean, when you start making plays like this, then it starts making the rounds. Yeah. Um and, you know, that play is going to get shown on loop, you know, for the next 24 hours. It's one of the catches of the year. Um, it saved their season again. Um, it's two weeks in a row. He's been on the receiving end of saving their season. Um, and, you know, in this one in particular, I mean, if you've seen this replay, it's incredible where he 
that's not even the route he was running. Like he ran a different route and then it's a scramble play. And then he just running down the field and Heineke chucks it up to him because he trusts him. And the guy makes a play on a corner who was the defensive player of the year. Not too long ago. Like yeah. last week it was against Jair Alexander. And this week it's, it's against Stefan Gilmore. So there are two players on this team that um, I think because they don't win a lot and they haven't, you know, they're not a high profile team or they're not high profile for the right reasons for sure. But like be, there are two players on this team, him and John Allen now that are, they're not just, you know, pro bowl type players. They're all pro players now, like best at their position type players now. And I'm not sure that, you know, that they're going to get that kind of notoriety, but they belong in that conversation because he's making plays that win games yeah. at the end of games. And that catch today was spectacular. Um, after the game, well, our producer was like, did you like that one better than the, remember the, the one in the, uh, the chargers game, first game of the year last year, he made the one handed crazy catch. And I'm like, well, that was an amazing catch, but that was in the first quarter of the first game of the season. The catch he made today won the game for them. It was I'm like, I would put this. Yeah. This one goes up with, the one in Atlanta last year where he was in the back middle back yes. of the end zone. Same thing with yeah. Heineke. Fourth yeah. quarter, needed two drives Trust. to come back and win. And he just threw it up to him, and he gets into like a tussle with a corner in the back of the end zone, just comes up with the ball. Mm-hmm. This guy, I don't have words for him either. Um, he's best receiver they've had in a very, very, very long time. If he had, you know, stability at quarterback, let alone Pro Bowl caliber play at quarterback, oh, no I don't doubt. Know what his numbers would look like right now. And he's on track to pass. Gary Clark is the most prolific receiver in the first four years of any receiver's career here. And that includes Hall of Famers like Art Monk and Charlie Taylor and people like that. And I'm hoping that he starts getting the notoriety league wide. And I really think it's largely because this team plays in the one o'clock window every week and they're not a high profile team. And people just don't, don't, they just don't know. And this guy is as reliable and as clutch as any receiver they've had in recent memory. Well, and, and the, my point, too, in that is, regardless of whether he does or doesn't, he's a special player here. Yeah. And he is so right for this team. Like, he gives them a chance. And when you have guys like that, and I remember go, I go back before the draft, and I, because I'm an Ohio State guy, I watched him in college. I knew his reputation from Ohio State. I did not expect this. It would be a complete lie. But what I knew about him, he's the kind of guy, if you're trying to change your culture, you draft. Because I remember I referred to them at, to him as in February of that year as a culture changer, and that's what he is. So if you have a guy like that who gets a contract like he did, and then comes back and and continues to attack his weaknesses like he does, and then makes these kind of plays, that sets an unbelievable tone. Now they there's more that's needed than Terry McLaurin, but when you have guys like that, and John Allen is very similar, they make they get these big contracts and they play better. Yes, that's rare. We we're used to seeing. The Dana Stubblefields of the world or, or Albert Hainsworth, they get the big deal and you come here and you you flame out. It's a, it's why you need to reward your own and they have. Yes, correct. But, yeah. You get to know these people like they work with you for four years. You get to they earn it. And that's mm-hmm. why you pay your own. You draft well, you pay your own. That's how you get a really good franchise. And then you fill in the blanks with free agency. The free agency shouldn't be done to fix your team. It should be done to fill in holes that you have. Terry McLaurin and John Allen are core players. If this team's ever going to turn it around and be a contender, they are their core reasons why that's going to happen. I thought today was really interesting, not just because he was back in Indianapolis and so much was made of him being in his hometown. 
Paris Campbell's on the Colts. Paris Campbell was his teammate at Ohio State. Paris Campbell was drafted higher than him in the same draft that he was. And it's not to say that Paris Campbell's not a pretty good player. He is. He ain't Terry McLaurin. No. Well, he's not. And Terry's Terry, Paris was never the kind of route runner that Terry was either. And that was like, I knew that. But Paris is a playmaker, and we saw that today. Yes. But then you, th- you throw Curtis Samuel there. I'm going to my Buckeye roots. But you throw Curtis Samuel out there, who had some big plays on fourth down today, too. He made some big catches as well. And it's just that McLaurin makes those in those moments. And it's not like he's wide open. Like, he was open. It's just that Taylor couldn't get it all the way over Gilmore's head. But it's the place he's making. The Jair Alexander, it's highly contested. It's You have to win that by fierce desire. That's it. And even the one that he caught today, like, he's going upward. I'm like, he's going to catch that. But does Gilmore get his hands on it all? Does he have to wrestle away? And he just he, he made sure he didn't do it. And that's what I appreciate about him is that what he said is because I even asked him after the game, you say you work on these contestants. Like, what did you do today that you weren't doing earlier in your career? And he talked about the way he has to tuck the ball and roll and on all that. It's like little details that have made a good receiver. And you get a lot of guys who sometimes try to work on their game and enhance their game by doing things that they really aren't capable of doing or working things they're not capable of really doing, you know, but what he does is work on things that like, okay, you need to come back for the ball better. Well, you can do that. It's just being aggressive and attacking it. How do you do that? And the same thing those contested catches, like he can't make himself taller, but he can handle those situations better. And it's, again, I just, that's why I think this guy, this guy is special because all those qualities, teammates gravitate to him. Just watch the guys around him. And the other thing is Bram, like watching him, so he leaves the press conference today. We're in the press conference. We talk to him. He goes outside. You hear this big cheer. So a few of us scurry out of the press conference. We had Taylor Heineke coming up. Get out of the press conference from Heineke. And then it's like, it's all Terry and his family and friends. And the hugs and the tears and the joy and the smiles and the laughter with all of them was cool to see because of who he is and, and what he means to them and what they mean to him. And it was such a special thing to see but it's because of the kind of guy he is. It's, he's easy to root for. I mean, like, that's why I'm so glad he's on this team. He's easy to root for. Like, he's the, he's not a diva. Like, he should be on this team. He should be. He's not. He's as down to earth as you're going to find. Like, the first thing he did when he got that contract was write a letter to the fans saying, I'm going to earn every penny of it. Yeah. <laughs> who does that? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, who does that? He's in his 20s. Like, who does that? He He's been everything and more. And, um, you know, like, this is not an indictment. Again, we're going to talk about Heineke, I'm sure. Like, it's not an indictment of Wentz. It's like, when you need to make a play, your quarterback needs to trust the people they're going to go to. Heineke, there are a few people on this team that he has the experience with. McLaurin's one of them. This is two weeks in a row when something had to happen, when he's going to take a shot somewhere. Last week, it was Kenny Clark was in his face. He's got to throw to a spot. Where's he going to throw it to? He throws it towards McLaurin. He trusts them. You know, like... This week, he had to make a play. He had a little extra time. Turns into a backyard play. The Heineke likes that a little bit. Ice in the veins. Where does he throw the ball? Terry McLaurin. Like, I think you'll see in the coming weeks, J.D. McKissick may see that pass a couple times. I think you'll see Logan Thomas. Didn't happen today. But I bet you'll see it because Heineke trusts these people, and there's good reason to do it. And McLaurin rewards them. I mean, honestly, like, to me, would that catch his play of the year so far for them? Save their season. Might be player of the year in the NFL, frankly. Save their, especially if they end up somehow getting into the playoffs. It's play of the year. 
Listen, and let's go to Heineke for a second here because, you, you know, yes, it's not – this isn't a, an indictment on Carson Wentz. It's just that what Heineke adds. So the fourth down play, the fourth down and one play on that drive, it's his legs that keep it alive. He starts like there's nothing open, starts up in the pocket, and Yannick Ngukwe is right there. He somehow gets away from him and escapes out to the right, and on the run, he keeps the play alive, keeps his eyes down the field, and he finds Curtis Samuel. It's the legs that get him out of there. I don't, you know, like now maybe on that play, they run a different play with Wentz. I don't know. And again, it's not Heineke's doing a good job right now. And I think it's, the, yes. and this is what I, this is what I thought like two weeks ago, watching Chicago. And my, my thought was maybe right after the game, the, the, his lack of mobility is hurting, limiting the offense. And I think Heineke's mobility is helping it. And that was a situation. And then even on the, on that pass to, to McLaurin, what I really like from Heineke is the poise that he showed. And, you know, he stayed within the pocket. You know, he could have broken contain. He didn't because he didn't need to. Instead, he backed up. So we got a better all-around view of the entire field. And that's where he throws to to McLaurin. But it's because of how he handled himself in the pocket that got him there. And so, like, there are, you know, there are things that that kid does that do help. He, we all, we, again, we always say this. We know the flaws. We know he's limited. We know what his future is and all that. Blah blah blah. He he helped him win the game again. I mean, that kid's got something too. And it's yeah. funny, Bram, because like I tell people, like, ten games, he's seven and three. I mean, like yes, at some point, and some. I know he beat Sam Ellinger today, but last week he beat Aaron Rodgers. Last year he beat Tom Brady. Last year he beat Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Last week, last year he beat Derek Carr. Like at some, and the three losses were when the team had half of their roster because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So. Like at some point, I think you know I love this dude. Like, and I've been saying this for a long time that I love this dude. I, I just I like the grit he plays with. I think he just has a feel for the game that you can't teach. Um, you pointed out a couple things that he did on his own that's not drawn up that way. That he just does naturally. This is you know they're playing by the skin of their teeth here, so that's never going to consistently work out. And I see the flaws like everybody else: his height, his arm strength, all that stuff. I also see all the pluses and what I'm really tired of talking about are the things that he's not instead of just talking about what he's doing, like the guy's winning, winning every week, coming back from two scores down in the fourth quarter. He's done this multiple times. Now the guy is cool, calm, collected, has to make plays, converts fourth downs with under two minutes to go. Like, honestly, I thought the coaching staff did him no favors at the end of the first half with the way that they conducted the two-minute drill, which I'm sure wasn't a big story, but should have been. conservative? Should have been. Like, the way that they handled the clock at the end of the first half. Like, I think they need to start trusting this guy a little bit more to make the plays, even if they're not exactly how they want them to go. Like, the guy has whatever it is, it's there in him. I can tell he's not Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen. I'm not pretending he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but for them right now, what he means in the locker room and how he's performing, I think people need to start focusing on that and stop focusing on all the limitations that supposedly he has. But he doesn't have a good arm, Bram. I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To that point, to that point, like Rivera after the game, one of the things he said is that they are, and you said this too, like they're trying to look at the things they do do well and not the things they can't do and enhance those. And he was speaking about the team, but to your point on Heineke, yes, that is what he does. And there are things that he can do to help. And I do, I go back to knowledge of the offense. It allows you to get the ball out faster. And then also the ability to make plays with your legs and extend plays. And we saw that with Ellinger, Ellinger today, too, for, yes. for the Colts. You know, you, if you can do that, then you give yourself a chance to at least make some plays that can push you in position to win. I mean, I think you agree with this. I mean, look around the league at all the quarterbacks that, you know, are kind of traditional pocket quarterbacks. They're getting run out of the league right now. Like some mobility is necessary. You don't have to be Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, but you do need to be able to move because mm-hmm. if you can't, you're a sitting duck right now, the way teams are playing defense. So mobility really matters. And I talked to you about this and I've talked to others about this. And I said this on my show and I'll reiterate it, you know, like after watching, I, I was unfortunately wasn't able to do the Tuesday night show with you because I've been sick for like a week and a half. So I, I had to bail on you last week, but like after rewatching green Bay last week, you know, there were more pressures in that game than there were in any other game. Like the yes. offensive line did not hold up. No. Guess what the difference was? Like the quarterback who can move a little bit knows the offense pretty well. And again, this isn't an indictment on Wentz because the bottom line is this. The more I watch them, the more I realize, and this goes back to something I'm not going to, you know, to harp on, but like they made a mistake in personnel on the offensive line. It's, it's hurt them. Right. And they've tried 8 million combinations mainly because of injury, not because of performance, but mainly because of injuries. They've tried a lot of different combinations. I'm pretty convinced that there is no combination that's on this team. That's going to be really good. It might be effective enough, but it's not going to be really good. And therefore like, especially off the green Bay game, you know, to me, I don't see a path by putting Wentz back in. Like, I I think they need someone who's more mobile, whether they win or they lose. And I don't know if that's the decision they're going to make, but I would think that if they're being, you know, reasonable about it, I think that they know that like Wentz is put in a very tough position because of what's in front of them. And Heideke gives them the option to run an offense that has a vulnerability in front of it. And I don't know that Wentz can, can really create the way that Heideke can right now if they fix the offensive line and you want to have an argument about what the future is at quarterback, I'll hear it. But for the here and now over the next, you know, definitely two weeks and then beyond, I don't know that they have much of a choice. And if he keeps winning, he'll make the choice very easy for them. Oh, listen, if he keeps winning, there is no choice. If he wins, if he wins one of these next two games, there's no choice. They'll, they'll stick with him period. I, I, that, 
the, you know what I mean? You can't you can't go back because you you listen to the teammates what they say. You read the locker room. You're winning, and if you think that he is contributing to that, why would you change to go back yeah. to try and keep building something? And that's not to say that let's say let's say they have a really good finish and went and Wentz goes back in at some point and plays pretty well. He still he can still be your guy of the future. There's you know if that's with that's what you want because you get a more comfortable in this offense and yeah. you actually you actually build the interior of the offensive line to help him. And I would love to, both. I would but, love to yeah, talk but, to Rivera about the '85 Bears and the eight and the Bears teams he played on, because Jim McMahon's not in the Hall of Fame. Jim McMahon wasn't the reason why the Bears were great. He was a good quarterback, but like they had an incredible run game with Walter Payton and others, and they had an incredible defense for a couple of years. And like Jim McMahon was probably perceived as limited in some way, but he was really well liked in the locker room. I'd love to talk to him about it. And see if there is a comparison here. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have Pat Mahomes on this team where it makes it really easy to sit there and go, well, we're set at that position. And this guy might go win games on his own because he's so, you know, uber talented. The Chiefs, the Bills, and a few select others are very lucky to have that. Everyone else is in this boat of trying to find the guy. And you can find flaws in everybody's game if you want to, even with the guys who might have the huge arm strength or this thing that you want them to have. I I just know what I see with this guy. And, you know, I've loved him from, from like last year. I just think you can win with him. And I see how the players relate to him. And that matters. It like it really matters. They buy into what he's doing. They've got his back. They trust him. McLaurin goes and gets the ball for him. They will block for him. This defense knows they're never out of a game. Like, and there's something about that that to me is priceless. Like, honestly, it is. And. I, I see he's got limitations, but like, and so does everybody else who doesn't. Well, and I think the one thing that I think it, the one thing that you and I see too, and when you're in there talking to players, it's how it's not just what they say about him. It's how they say it. It's how they light up when they talk about him. It's how, you know, if you ask him like, well, Hey, what do you think about oh, He just has it. Right. I wrote a story about him for this weekend for ESPN.com. And it was just about like, he's a regular dude, right? That's kind of what people would say. But I was talking to Tress Way about this and he just said, he's got that it factor. And I said, if you just watch him on film, like you watch him on the coach's film after a game, right? We'll watch it. There's no emotion to it. There's just, it's really just watching film. It's different than if you feel the presence, right? And that's one thing that he was saying, like, you can feel what he means to them when you're on the sidelines, when you're in the huddle, or if guys in the huddle will say that. And again, like, you know, when he's when he's bad, he can look really bad. We know that. All right, we've seen it. But they are the the key is they're responding to him. And, you know, like the issues they have on offense are offensive line. They need to get the run game consistent. And yeah, there are things like I felt like outside of really one throw, and maybe there were some others, but the interception. That was a really bad decision to me. Yeah. But otherwise, otherwise, this is a game that you had to manage the game because that is a good Colts defense. I felt like this was going to be a tough game. In fact, you know, for the my prediction show, um, I even did. And some guy got annoyed with me. And and I just say to you because, you know, I because I, I think I did a coin flip and it was a, there's a coin flip app and I flipped <laughs> it and it came up like yeah, yeah. tails for the Colts. I was like, you know what? I think I think Washington. I said I'm not going with that. Washington wins by one, 
because you knew it was that going to be that kind of a game. They're mirror images. This is a really – the Colts have a really good defensive front. And I knew it was going to be hard for them to move it. So he had to manage the game well in addition to making those plays at the end. And he did outside of the one play. That was a – and that was a bad – again, like the Colts give you that stuff to the running backs. Take it. It was there. But he made a bad decision, and he came back from it. And that – there's something there's something to be said – a lot to be said for that. Do you um, purchase different color shoes every time Washington wins or no? Well, in the past, I could because it didn't it didn't cost me that much, so it was okay, you know. Um, so there were a couple of years where I didn't spend any money on it, but no, I think you know, um, yeah, that's 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 a cool thing about him, though, because even last week, this goes back to the regular guy mentality that he has, and just I think both he and McLaurin are like this, where they just kind of feel like McLaurin will always say, "I don't take this for granted." You know, he wants to be a role model. He wants to inspire people. And I think they both will talk about like their moments when they were kids and what it meant to them to see a Marvin Harrison or to be like Taylor would be at a camp and see these like the players and get their autographs and all that. And for them to be in position to do that, it matters to them. And, you know, with with Heineke after after the game last week and I was walking outside the press room with him and I said, like, you know, like you're aware you get these bonuses, these $125,000 every time you win. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah I know. I know. Aware and of, of course he knows. Of course he knows. Listen, yeah. if I got $50 a week for writing a better story, I'm going to know it. 125K, yeah, you know it. But what it was funny, what was cool to see is the joy that he describes, like, you know, I, you know, yeah, every, he goes, every time I get this, I buy myself a new pair of Jordans. Like, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a cool thing for him to do that. He's not, he doesn't take it for granted that he can do this. Yeah. So I and I think that you know there's 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 the appeal to that when you watch him just walk through the locker room he he's not an imposing guy he's just no. he's a, you know he's and not. like he doesn't have he doesn't have some sculpted body like you know he doesn't look like he's cut from quarterback central casting right but that's part of the appeal so what yeah, yeah. so what I mean I know I mean, yeah it, 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 that's the appeal like. It's the you asked me like initially when we started talking, like, you know, what, you know, how do you feel after the game? And, and I never want to make these things about me, but I'm grateful too. I, I totally too. relate to this. Like it's never a day when like I go in and, you know, get ready to call one of these games that I am not the first thing that happens when I walk into the stadiums. I'm just grateful to be there. I know how lucky I am to be there to do that. And there are days like today where they do what they did today in the fourth quarter. And it reminds me how lucky I am. And it was really, I mean, it was a very special thing to see that today, to see him throw that pass to McLaurin at that stage of the game and be able to kind of live it, you know, kind of with them. Just amazing. I mean, it just really, it really was amazing. And now this team, as they have, and I know it's skin of their teeth every week, but like they have three years in a row under Ron Rivera somehow righted themselves and they've given themselves a shot. And the unfortunate part for them is, the division is acting so ridiculously dominant this year. That there's no real path to winning the division, but there's a real path to making the playoffs if they're going to continue to play like this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm excited for the second half ride. Well, they're they're in that wild card. There's three wild cards. They're in that hunt big time. And right now, the entire division would be in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you know. Which is silly, but it's true. Right. And they're two games behind the Giants, two games behind the Cowboys. 
there you got two big games coming up, and we can get to some of those on Tuesday because you Minnesota and Philly. This isn't going to define their season because you can come back from that, but this certainly can. You split these games, you put yeah. yourself in a different category. To me, if you want to be that serious team, you know you can still recover, but still. I do want to talk about too, though, the defense and John Allen. And, you know, there were plays that he made. And here's the other thing, Bram, with the defense, that one of the things that this team, and I really like their safeties, you know, Derek Forrest, Cam Curl, and I think Bobby McCain's done a nice job. The versatility of that group is what I like. So today, without Cole Holcomb, they had to be creative defensively. And I know they gave up some big plays on defense. We know, we saw that. Okay. But you are missing your linebacker. So they gave Cam Curl the green dot. He was calling the plays. He's really in the stuff in. He'd be up in the box, the Buffalo nickel, sometimes in the in, the, in a linebacker role. But they were also using Bobby McCain in their three safety set in the yep. slot. And that was like, it was the most he's played there. But, it, you know, he played it early in his career. But it was the ability to do that and to, to mix and match with these guys. I think that made a big difference, too. And it was a, you know, yep. it's a good, a good job of using your personnel. Yeah, I thought so. Um, you know, they're very thin at linebacker. Um, I was very concerned with Holcomb being out. Holcomb feels like he's in on every tackle. And, you know, the strength of the Colts, especially with the decision that they made, you had to assume that it was going to be a heavy run game. And that's a world-class running back that they have. And um, I thought, you know, tip of the cap to Jack Del Rio for really the last four or five weeks, really. Um, They've been very, very good. Uh, They're giving up very few long plays. Long conversions are rare against them. When they were historically bad at it, thought McCain was very good today. Asked to do a lot of different things today. Not surprised by Curl. I've grown accustomed to him being used in versatile manners and and coming through for them. And in my opinion, at times can be like the second best player on their defense um, and maybe the most important part of their defense. And I think he was a big, big absence the first couple of games of the year when things were kind of going wrong early for them when he wasn't playing. I thought he was a really big deal that he wasn't out there. So, um, you know, I think I agree with you. Like, I think they did a very good job. I do think the Colts played into their hands a little bit. Um, you know, they had the opportunity here if they were willing to kind of unleash this guy a little bit. You know, the big problem, and I was with you too, that this is a toss-up one because they're kind of mirror images. They have a lot of the same problems and a lot of the same similar strengths. Um, one of the things that I thought was problematic in trying to get ready for them is there's just kind of no tape on this guy Ellinger. You just really kind of don't know what you're going to do. And all these people are telling me, you know, pregame, oh, they love his arm and oh, they love his gutsiness and oh, they think he's really accurate. Well, he threw one pass down the field the entire game. So Washington comes out here with five defensive linemen, one linebacker. They're rotating these safeties. It's like they're demanding. They're, there's... <laughs> screaming at you we're not going to let you run the ball or we're not going to let you run it effectively and the Colts really didn't seem to adjust to much of that at all I also think they were extraordinarily conservative in a couple of spots where if if they really trusted this quarterback they could have let him try to put the game away late on the fourth down where they kicked a chip shot field goal instead of going for it and on a and I, I maybe this might be controversial to say this but like on fourth and an inch I know you're at your own 35 yard yeah. line but to punt it back to the you have Jonathan Taylor on your team to, to punt it back to them with, you know, in a one score game where if you get it, like you could at least make them use all their timeouts. And if you don't get it, 
they still have to score a touchdown. And if they do, there should be time on the other side of it. I just, I, it, it read like they just didn't totally tr- like they made this change, but didn't totally trust this guy. And Washington went, you know, we're missing one of our best tacklers. We're one of the most reliable players. We're adjusting to it. And our adjustment is to put all these guys across the line of scrimmage to not make you run the ball. I, I, thank you, Indianapolis, is kind of the way I feel about it. Like, I, I don't think that they they made this change but didn't truly trust the guy that they handed the ball over to. Well, I think I think they also didn't trust that Washington would go down and score either. And I think they trusted yeah, their I would agree with that, but still. <laughs> no, you know, no, no I, thought, this, I thought like, they might go for it. I they, thought they might they, go for it. They took no chances with their offense. Like, right. none. Like, <laughs> zero. It took them till the fourth quarter to throw a pass that went more than 10 yards in the air. Yeah, and I, I why thought would you change did, quarterbacks if you're not willing to even let him try a pass down the field? Where I felt like he helped them was he could extend plays, and we yes. saw that. And this is one of the things I want to get into. We only got about five, six minutes left, but one of the it was after the game. Rivera was was actually seemed to be pretty frustrated, very happy with the win, sure, but he was frustrated because he thought he felt like he felt like there were guys who were quote like basically just doing their own thing out there. He said that's crap. And he, somebody asked him, you seem frustrated. He goes, yes, he is, because he knows that you can't get away with some of what they did today against better teams. There was some – you there know was what he was lack. talking about? Because I didn't know what he was talking about. Well, I want to go back and look at it. But there were times where I felt like the gap rush discipline was bad. And there were times where I felt like it looked like maybe up front where there's some guys trying to get into gaps where they shouldn't have been. I don't know if that's what he's talking about because those were some plays where that was showing up consistently to me where – he was able to find gaps and creases in the pass rush to get out of there. Now that may not be what he's talking about. I don't know, but, but was, it was telling that that's where he was going a few times with it. Cause I think he knows that if you want to beat Minnesota, you want to beat Philly, you can't play the same way and, and do that. And I actually kind of, I like that he's putting that demand out there. Now I know that you're funny. Cause you hear some people well, do that for the coach. You're holding the players accountable. There are things you can ask them to do. If you're asking them to do X, then they need to do X. If they don't like doing it, then find someone else who will. Because and you can say it's the wrong thing to ask them. No, it's not. To stay in your gap is not the wrong thing to ask somebody. So, you know, that's – but I don't – it looked like that happened a few times. I need to go back and watch it before I go much more on that and find out more what that what he was talking about. But I did think that was telling. I did like how John Allen played, made a huge stop inside the red zone, a couple big stops, got – you know, um, he did not force that fumble, but he was right there. Um, another really nice job. I liked them that I think it was on the, was it a fourth docket with, with the third, I forced the field goal. Um, but it was just, it was all, he beats Quentin Nelson, just pure desire. I also, Bram, we need to talk for a minute about the special teams. And I think they've been very good the last few weeks. Oh, when yeah. you're winning these, playing these close games, you've got to get that effort. And I talked to Jeremy Reeves about this after the game. And his thing was, we're a very competitive, he said, we're a very competitive unit. He goes, you got guys like, um, per- Percy Butler, Christian Holmes, David Mayo, guys who are competitive out there. And he said it rubs off. And I think they they have been doing a good job in, in turning the field position and winning that battle. Trustway has been awesome. So, you know, those are just a couple more things. So if you want anything you want to close with. Trustway uh, had one today that like he got, they got a bad, they got a sack, sack or a penalty. I don't remember. I think it was a sack inside the 10, forced to kick from the end zone. Tressway killed one yes. and uh, Kiki cutie had to ran back 20 yards from where he was lined up to field the punt. And Tressway has been a weapon for them for a long time. 
He was real. Hubbard's been really good today. with it too. And it is these moments that you remember in a one-point game that you go, that was really important. Christian Holmes made a mistake early in the year. He has made up for it and then some as a gunner for them. Percy Butler's made plays. They've gotten lucky with a couple of muff punts. You have special teams. They had an, an anomaly aberration game where they had a really, I think it was Detroit, where they had a really bad, like it was, every, yes. that was the, for me, it was, that was the everybody game. It was surprising. They were, they were as bad as the two units. The offense couldn't do anything. The defense kept giving up big plays. And the special teams just made a bunch of crazy yeah. errors in the same game. It was just everything went wrong at the same time. And they've been pretty good since, really good the last few weeks. And I guess if you want to complain about one thing, could they use a little more juice on the punt return? Yeah, I think they could. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's something they can decide about. And maybe it's something they would have yeah, thought Carter. to turn over to Jahan Dotson, but because of the injury, there's just no realistic. Yeah, they're not going to do that. They would only go to Dotson in a situation where they're kicking from their own end zone. You want a big play, and you can get at the fifth. Yeah, yeah but the fifth. now at the hamstring, I don't even think they'd risk no, it. No, no, no. And, you know, again, this goes back to somehow you need to keep DeAndre Carter here. He was a, he was a good spark for them. It's all gone, but that is that was another mistake in the offseason. Um, but there you go. So three in a row. Um, we're going to talk more about all this on Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern time, the live YouTube stream. Check us out there because we're going to talk about this. And then we can dive into more of the Minnesota Philly and looking ahead, you know, what, what do we really know about this team at this point? And Bram and I will get a chance to go back and watch the game, fill you in on more stuff and have a good chance to answer your questions. And if you still, what the concerns you obviously still have, because everybody's got concerns three in a row, but it's not perfect. So there you go. Bram, thanks for joining me. And again, Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern time, live on YouTube stream. I will, we will talk to you next time.